Welcome to Hog Planet, a podcast where the hogs of politics and pop culture are tagged, weighed, and graded. I'm Dan Spaventa, and joining me today is my co-host in uh, the Washington Bureau. That's right. I'm Sam Lewis. How's it going, everybody? And Sam, we took a break from podcasting for like a couple months. You know, we were both moving I now am a Brooklyn resident, and you, of course, are in the heart of darkness, Washington, uh, D.C. Uh, proper. Absolutely. Yeah, I live in the district now. I I live on a big swamp boat, just like like with the big air fan on the back. Uh, I just ride around looking for gators. You know how it is. So you're no stranger to hogs. Not at all. Obviously, uh, D.C. has always been kind of a, I mean, until like the 70s, honestly, it was like a backwater of a city. Uh, early on, like in the its founding days, none of the presidents wanted to even like live in the, in the city. Uh, it's still to this day is kind of weirdly less developed than, I don't know, some of the other big cities on the East Coast. There's, you don't have to drive too far to get out to like rural parts of, the, of Maryland or Virginia. Did they want to make the capital Philadelphia for that reason? I believe so, and then they gave it to D- they put it in D.C. because they wanted it to be in the South nominally. I mean, it is below the Mason-Dixon line. I'm not sure that anyone would consider Maryland or definitely not Northern Virginia part of the South, but they put it here anyway in the middle of the swamp. It's all reclaimed swampland, and uh, that's why there's, I don't know, tons of vermin and everything, but you know all about that in New York City, I'm sure. <laughs> That's right. I've been uh, battling the cockroaches in my studio apartment like fucking uh, Gladiator. You know, they're just watching me and laughing at me as I face off with the beasts one by one. <laughs> yeah, uh, here for me, it's rats. Not in my apartment, but around my neighborhood. There are tons of rats that you can see running around. My dog always wants to chase them. On like the first day that I moved in here and I was walking her through an alley, I looked down. She had just picked one up without my looking. She was on the leash and everything, but they're big and fat and easy to catch, and she just had one in her mouth. And I, was, I was really freaked out, but uh, I got her to spit it out. She hasn't had displayed any signs of bubonic plague or anything since then so i think we're okay well bubonic plague that's basically the feeling you get from reading about one eddie gallagher and sam this podcast uh, you know this is obviously formerly the plunge it's the same show with a little with a little more narrow focus on one topic per episode and I guess we can go from our like uh, mission statement description, not really mission statement, it's more of a description, but just so you know where we're coming from here. As a new decade dawns, we humans awake to find ourselves living on a planet overrun with hogs in politics and pop culture. Hog Planet is a podcast in which these hogs are tagged, weighed, and graded. Each episode will focus on a different hog spotted rolling about in the muddy earth of the news cycle. Some are kind and intelligent. Some are boisterous, aggressive, and foul-odored. And some, all of the above. It's up to us to find a way to make sense of these curious beasts as our planet continues to hurtle around the sun. I think that says it all right there. I mean, each episode... We will focus on a different hog. This week, obviously, it is uh, Eddie Gallagher, the former, or I guess, a retired Navy SEAL, uh, chief of a platoon, who was recently not pardoned, but uh, St- Donald Trump stepped up to, I guess, prevent the Navy from taking away his trident, the symbol of the fact that he passed uh basic underwater demolition training and became a Navy SEAL. And he's a guy who had a distinguished record and plenty of awards for his work fighting ISIS in Afghanistan. And 
since then has become the center of controversy as his war crimes seem to be excused by President Trump and what he has done. So let's go back to the beginning. We have the New York Times' Dave Phillips as the main source for most of the information we're going to talk about today in terms of, uh, I mean, he's done great work uh, staying on this story through the trial and uh, the recent uh, revelations. Yes, and uh, I think the paper that initially broke the Navy investigation report on Gallagher was the Navy Times, which is, I guess, just a publication focusing. It's, it's part of a family of publications that focus on different branches of the armed forces and their current events. So why Gallagher this week, Sam? Uh, I feel maybe with the escalating uh, tensions after Trump ordered the killing of Soleimani and the fact that Trump is now saying he wants to attack Iranian cultural sites. Uh, Iran has uh, completely abandoned uh, their plans to uh, not pursue nuclear weapons. Yeah, ever since we walked out of the Iran nuclear deal. (laughs) I feel like Eddie Gallagher, he's a... He's a good figure to talk about right now because the war in the Middle East is going to be something a little more present in our minds in the coming months and years. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he does provide a good microcosm of Trumpian politics. And he's indicative of the, of I guess, the political climate around the SEALs and the military culture in the U.S. And uh, I guess the the convergence of liberal and neoconservative politics regarding intervention in the Middle East. And it even goes, I mean, his current, his most recent rebrand as a kind of right-wing influencer selling veteran-owned clothing brands and shitty coffee and everything. Uh, And uh, don't forget the muscle supplements. No, uh, absolutely. And it's really kind of a microcosm of the... The way that the right-wing outrage machine has, I guess, turned people like him into these public personas and how lucrative that can be for them. He's gone from sitting in the brig to hawking, like, muscle pills. So we need to look at, like, how a war criminal, a literal serial killer like him, could be embraced in this right-wing culture. So just as a surface as a surface level analysis before we get into the details the some of the crimes that he was accused of were were fire, firing his sniper rifle at uh, at a young girl in Iraq who was clearly a civilian firing at an old man who was just getting water from the river and most specifically the stabbing to death of an ISIS combatant when he was sedated in medical custody and posed no threat to anyone around him and then later taking a kind of deer kill trophy photo with the combatant and sending it to his friends in California. We can look at Matthew Cole's reporting in The Intercept about the crimes of SEAL Team 6 as a sort of background for this. So what are some of the main takeaways from that? The main takeaways from that were that the SEAL Team 6, you may remember, is the team that is credited with killing Osama bin Laden, which was a huge deal during Obama's term. And uh, since that event, Matthew Cole at The Intercept started reporting on the crimes of SEAL Team 6 and, and a lot of the kind of fucked up stuff they did, including taking photos of... I guess the term that they use is canoeing, which is when they take a cadaver of a you know a fallen combatant and then they shoot the combatant at the base of their skull so that it splits the skull in half and all kinds of disgusting stuff like this where they really relish in the violence of their role. And I guess it kind of it kind of shows that these people who were treated as heroes for killing Osama bin Laden also had this dark side. And it shows that I guess. The SEALs are a, a, a very elite part of the Navy. They are considered some of the most important uh, special operations officers and, and uh, soldiers 
in the entire armed forces. There's all this prestige attached to them. And even this was lauded by, you know, a liberal president like Obama for their for their role in killing Osama bin Laden. And I think it it's it's indicative of a trend where they're starting to even within the navy itself scrutinize more heavily the actions of the seals there was another platoon that was sent home from deployment in iraq for heavy drinking there was one that was like operating a, a cocaine ring uh there were other allegations levied against deployed seals but the seals do still operate outside the military for the most part and primarily primarily in special operations and um another part of the, of this that's really important to discuss is that a president like Donald Trump intervening in military justice is really traditionally sort of taboo. Uh, even though Nixon tried to intervene in the case of the officer who was convicted of killing 22 civilians in the My Lai massacre, George W. Bush never intervened in any of the cases involving Iraqi prisoners in Abu Ghraib. Uh, Obama, of course, famously did nothing about enhanced, enhanced interrogation. There's- the thing is, though, Trump, you know, if Abu Ghraib happened under his watch, he would say that the prison guards who, like, raped and tortured those people were fucking heroes yes and that is a crucial distinction i think because trump does represent and trumpian politics in general represent a break with this i mean we're in the age of the double down now it's like i I mean i think it began sort of with george zimmerman because there are parallels to this with like the you know, thin blue lines, uh, blue lives matter shit where george zimmerman killed trayvon martin unarmed civilian and um he immediately kind of turned it around and he what he auctioned off the gun that he used to kill Trayvon Martin. Recently, he's been th- saying he's going to sue Trayvon Martin's family for like defamation of character and all this other shit. And we're really in an age where instead of say- stepping back and saying, oh, it's actually you went too far, that these people who are accused of crimes like this instead say, oh, I, I should have done more. I mean, I'm doing the right thing here. Why aren't you happy? And, and Donald Trump obviously co-signs all of this and this is something that'll come up in the trial and the like extracting of what actually like happened from various seal sources but like the navy seals insular culture and like the fact that they never give up their co-workers is crucial to this story and the fact that multiple people under Gallagher's command gave him up is speaking to the severity of his crimes because it's extremely rare. Absolutely. So, I mean, let's just get into it. From from April to May 2018, uh, there's footage that New York Times has obtained of seven SEALs, including uh, some the following officers, on video talking about their about Chief Gallagher, who was their superior, and specifically his his uh, trigger happy nature, but also the stabbing incident that we described earlier. Uh, these people are Joshua Vrines, who is Special Warfare Operator First Class, Corey Scott, also First Class. Um, Craig Miller and Joseph Arrington, all special warfare operator first class, and Ivan Villanueva, who was uh, operator second class. And um, they basically came through a tortured, I guess, process of deciding whether or not to report him and like their growing, I guess, resentment of the his wanton disregard for civilian life in the Middle East and his urge to seek medals, but also just to kill as much as possible. He would just drive to areas and unload bullets into people for no reason. I mean, this is a guy, Eddie Gallagher, who is known by people under his command for basically just murdering civilians at will for fun. Yeah. And there are tons of videos of him firing. Apparently he would fire his sniper rifle like multiple times as much as anyone else in his group. And uh, they even got to the point that some of the, some of the people we mentioned before, when they saw a group of civilians, they would fire warning shots to get the civilians to disperse before Gallagher would start shooting at them. And then Gallagher would berate his underlings for saying like, wow, you missed way to go. (laughs) When obviously they were trying to, I guess, mitigate the effects of his bloodlust. And it's important to mention that since the trial, Gallagher has accused all of these people of being cowards, saying that they couldn't meet his high standards. Not just that, but he also is saying 
things to the effect that they are like pussified millennials that yes. they are entitled like there is this generational thing to it too yeah and, and and specifically within the seals where he says like oh you know it used to be that we would all cover for one another and it was a brotherhood but you know these young whippersnappers keep ratting me out for wantonly killing civilians all the time and firing rocket launchers at houses and stuff like that um so and and if it's it falls apart if you look at a lot of their group texts have been made public by the New York Times and most of them show all the people who accused him telling one another to be honest, to avoid embellishment in reporting his crimes to upper management because they didn't want him to be able to turn around and say like, oh, you misrepresented all the stuff, you're lying, yada, yada. And since testifying, uh, three of them have left the Navy. Some of them are still in there and have you know maintained their roles. But all of these people who came forward did this at great personal risk to their careers. And this is the real, like, whistleblower, you know, the price whistleblowers pay, and you see through what happens in this trial why people don't turn in uh, rogue United States military officials uh, often. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, just for more context, this this happens mostly in Mosul, Iraq, which around 2017 was the site of, you know, very vicious and brutal fi- uh, firefights against ISIS, who was, and I, obviously I think we all remember from back then the stories about trying to retake Mosul from ISIS, and uh, that's where Gallagher was. He was apparently very excited to see action there, uh, which kind of... It, it, corroborates his teammates accusing him of of seeking medals and war stories but it's also important to mention that while he was there he was apparently having tons of night terrors he had previously suffered a traumatic brain injury and he was also on a cocktail of drugs including anabolic steroids painkillers uppers uh much of which were seized when the ncis later uh, raided searched his home after he was arrested in 2018 but um but yeah, it it just goes to show how kind of unstable this guy is. Like, and it's it's evident to the people around him. They're not just, I don't know, wimpy or, uh, you know, afraid of meeting his high standards or whatever the nonsense he says these days. The uh, like, alleges he's really genuinely like this unstable individual that everyone can see. So the main incident, May third, twenty seventeen, we. I don't know. We see him act with a word used before, just bloodlust. So, yeah, um, basically on that date, there was a helicopter strike that took out a household filled with ISIS members. And there was one survivor who was a literal teenager. And on the video footage, you can see there's a, he's wearing a wristwatch that has slid down to like his up his bicep because he's so skinny. He the translator is talking to him. He's saying, oh, my dad's going to kill me for joining ISIS. Like this kid is. And he, after surviving, they sedate him and they're treating him, uh, you know, the medic is treating him. So he's clearly not a threat whatsoever. But Gallagher basically hears about the fact that they've captured this kid. He radios in. He's he's not at the site. He's away in an armored truck. And he radios in to say, don't touch him. He's mine. He drives across town. Yeah, across like an active battlefield too. Like Mosul is the site. of Like there's heavy fire going on currently. Jesus. So either way, there there's helmet video that shows Gallagher pull out his medic bag, then a hand, which is, does not appear to belong to the person wearing the helmet that the video is being shot from, just comes out of nowhere and turns off the helmet cam. Then, uh, according to the witnesses, Gallagher murdered the kid by stabbing him repeatedly with a hunting knife, which is something that he had said he had wanted to do previously. And there were texts of him when he received that custom knife saying he couldn't wait to like dig it into like Iraqis or something. Yeah. And then he, so then after this kill, they take uh, what they call the deer kill photo, like a trophy photo where it's a bunch of the seals and Gallagher is lifting the kid's head up with his hair and disgusting, disgusting, Awful. Apparently, he also staged a re-enlistment ceremony over the corpse, which is, I guess it's something that SEALs do where they, a- after a mission or something like that, they do a re-enlistment. It's like, I guess it's like renewing your the vows of your marriage or something. <laughs> and um, a- a- either way, so it's clear that like he was very proud about this. And he, ov- he also hovered a drone over the corpse. Um, so this leads the, the aforementioned SEALs who wound up 
accusing him of these crimes to have a meeting without Gallagher about him. Gallagher gets wind of it. And then once they get home, the platoon members raise a complaint of the SEAL command. Uh, That's in March 2018. And they find themselves getting stonewalled by the troop commander, this guy, Commander Robert Breisch, and and the senior enlisted aide, um, Petty Officer Brian Alazawi, who are allies of Gallagher. And they threaten to go to the media and the Naval Criminal Investigative Services, the NCIS. And that's when finally the SEALs decide to do something about this. But it's also worth mentioning that shortly after this, Gallagher did receive a bronze star for valor under fire in Iraq. So it's clear that he's still mostly highly regarded by, I guess, upper management and the SEALs. Sickening, considering what we know about him and how he killed untold numbers of civilians. But yeah, even before joining his team, all the people who accused him of these crimes said that they were excited because they'd heard so much about him and about his decorated career. And uh, they thought it was like an amazing opportunity to work with this guy. And a lot of them... uh, a lot of them saw him as as someone they could look up to, and even one of the uh, one of the officials who this guy, what uh, Portier, one of the officials who didn't who I guess dragged his feet while in reporting uh, Gallagher for his crimes. He was one of the guys who had studied. He had been Gallagher had been his instructor during basic underwater dem- demolition, the training that makes you a seal. And these guys all really kind of looked up to him. It must have been stunning for them to see him uh, show how much of a psycho he was. Uh, I mean, considering that you would think someone so decorated would have any sort of like moral compass or, you know, courage in battle to not attack a teenager who is sedated and obviously can't defend himself and isn't a a threat. I mean, you... Think about this, and then you start wondering how many Gallaghers are out there that we have dispersed to the Middle East for no fucking reason other than, you know, Raytheon, all that stuff, right? Yeah, all my neighbors uh, across the the Potomac in Northern Virginia, for sure. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, as to the point about how many Gallagher's are there from what we saw about SEAL Team 6 there are tons of them this is SEAL Team 7 I mean what about SEAL Teams 1 through 5 or whatever there's probably tons of these kinds of weirdos out there who are this I guess crazy about murder and I mean I guess I could see the profession which is so grueling uh, attracting a certain kind of person who does want to go go to these extremes and become this kind of killing machine but uh but either way September 11th, 2018, Gallagher is arrested. Never forget. Yeah. <laughs> a day that will live in infamy. Uh, Gallagher is arrested at Marine Corps Base Camp Pendleton, which is in San Diego. He's charged with premeditated murder, attempted murder, obstruction of justice, and numerous other offenses. Uh, on October 18th, Lieutenant Jacob Portier, the guy who had studied under him in basic underwater demolition, was uh, charged with failing to properly escalate Gallagher's alleged crimes to his superiors and with destroying evidence. Uh, reports of Gallagher's behavior had previously gone nowhere with the SEALs. As I said, they had to threaten to escalate them to the NCIS. But NCIS raids him. They find the knife. They find the photo. They find text to his friends in California saying that there was a good story behind the photo. Uh, later on, his uh, Gallagher's personal attorney, uh, pa- Parlator, said that this was an attempt at dark humor, which I think is so bleak. Gallagher is confined. He is literally thrown in the brig. And immediately, his wife, Andrea, his brother, Sean, and his attorney, Tim Parlator, start going on conservative media, especially Fox News, to speak out about this injustice, uh, claiming that military prosecutors spied on their emails. Uh, They explicitly ask Trump to get involved. And uh, eventually Trump does get Gallagher released from the brig into restriction at the Native E Medical Center in San Diego. But some of the other like free Eddie shit, there was a full website asking for donations to his defense, which raised more than $375,000. Apparel companies owned by former veterans made free Eddie shirts. Um, even there's one representative in the in U.S. Congress, this guy Duncan Hunter from San Diego, who says, uh, "So what? That's his job." In reference to his crimes, which I mean included killing like a, an, a teenage ISIS combatant. Do you think when Duncan Hunter says something like that, do you think he's just ignorant of the details of the case, or do you think he thinks it's 
literally find that Gallagher drives across the town, tells them to hold this uh, sedated teenager so that he can gut him like a turkey. (laughs) I mean, do you think Duncan Hunter literally thinks that that's his job or is he or is some is someone like that ignorant of the details i mean i think that like part of me thinks that like whatever the details were someone like duncan hunter would just say yeah that's fine like that's you know all's fair in love and war uh you got to do what you got to do if you can't handle it then you should leave or you know they they think a lot of these people do think that like under Obama, the generals or whatever were restricted from doing what they needed to do to win these wars. A lot of them genuinely think that you need to stoop to this level of sadism to combat the enemy. These are the same kind of people who think that every single terrorist is like ready to die for 72 virgins in, in you know, the Muslim afterlife or whatever. It, they, I think that regardless of the details, I, I do also think that he probably was not like taking the testimony of the other seals seriously and probably discounted what they had to say. But I think even if that had been explicitly said to him, he would have been like, what? that's fine. I mean, that's, that's what we, that's what we pay them to do or something like that. I, I genuinely think that seems fucking stupid, but Duncan Hunter, probably a dumb asshole. The dudes who were there and reported him, they were genuinely shocked. And these are people who see combat like daily, like they're firing their weapons daily. And they were even just like, wow, this guy's going way too far. I mean, I get the sense that these people like Duncan Hunter would have excused like the, the My Lai massacre, which was another case where I, I literally like uh, individual soldiers were like, if you don't stop firing on these civilians, we're going to fire on you. Like in the heat of battle, they were like, you have to stop. This is just insane. And what is this team never quit podcast appearance? Yes. No, of course he went on also like the conservative podcast scene. Uh, he went on this one episode of the team never quit podcast, which is, I guess, focuses on the military. And uh, the show notes for the episode were really indicative of the conservative case for Eddie. Uh, quote, being charged for war crimes on the battlefield against ISIS seems beyond comprehensible. However, for the highly decorated Navy SEAL chief with eight combat deployments, this is his and his family's tragic reality. Chief Eddie Gallagher has been locked in the brig for the past 18 weeks and just recently was arraigned for his supposed crimes. I can't get past beyond comprehensible. Like, oh my God. Awful phrasing. Yeah, they think that <laughs> they think that all's fair in going after ISIS. Like, I mean, and Trump said this as much during the camp. You remember in the campaign, he was saying like it's okay to kill terrorist families if it's if it gets us closer to the terrorists. He really well, right, and the and the re, and the recent uh, will go after Iranian cultural sites like Nazi fucking tactics right or that's also what isis does (laughs) isis literally does that i mean he's basically saying we should become the terrorists to fight the terrorists trump's not there he doesn't know what it's like to be in warfare i mean not to get all dunking on him for not serving in vietnam because no person in their right mind should want to have served in vietnam and everyone would have done everything they could to get out of serving in vietnam i think like Trump just does not know what the fuck he's talking about. He's talking from a place of extreme comfort when he says things like this. He doesn't have any idea what that actually entails. So the list of offenses in the actual like criminal trial, Sam, we had not only the, uh, you know, taking the photo and the uh, killing of that uh, teenager, what else was there? Yeah, he had the he randomly shot two Iraqi civilians, a girl walking with her friends on a riverbank, an unarmed elderly elderly man. But they they had also been, I guess, I think they also it was also obstruction of justice and a bunch of other crimes related to that. But even beyond that, SEAL commandos have been speaking up again about him for years. Uh, his team has was saying on the on the tapes that he fired indiscriminately into neighborhoods with heavy machine guns, fired his sniper rifle more times than any other SEALs, boasted about killing civilians, including women. Um, and even going back to 2010, he supposedly shot a Taliban fighter using a small girl as a human shield. He claimed that he may- meant to take a headshot and missed, uh, killing the girl and the fighter. 
But later on, he would apparently tell the story and revel in the fact that he was man enough to shoot the guy where another sniper would have been too wimpy to do what needed to be done, uh, you know, too wimpy to kill the girl in order to kill the fighter and all this other nonsense. Apparently, in 2014, he also tried to run over a Navy police officer after he was detained at a traffic stop. Uh, they also had been talking about him going through other SEALs care packages that they received from, you know, home back in the U.S., and uh and yeah so the actual crimes were like those were the the teenage girl the old elderly man and the stabbing and then related crimes to that such as obstruction of justice but even going back to things that weren't i guess like things he was directly accused of or arrested for you can see this pattern of violence that the i guess the other seals had i guess mentioned beforehand yeah, and I I just watched an interview on like Fox and Friends where Gallagher was like, you know, they like they, those those guys in my command just had it out for me because I ate their beef jerky out of their care packages. <laughs> yeah, he's just such like, a freak. Fuck off. <laughs> he's really beyond parody in all the interviews with him. He's I mean, it's amazing how media savvy, like I said, his wife and his lawyer and his brother are in using conservative media to their advantage in this situation. But all the interviews with him specifically are just so bizarre. He is clearly just deranged. But either way, May 2018, the trial begins. Um, and the, they, the prosecution definitely made some missteps. Uh, the lead prosecutor was removed when it was revealed that he sent emails containing malware to defense attorneys and others. He was trying to apparently track whether or not those people were leaking to the press about the case, which, I, I mean, the reasoning makes sense because of the role that the media plays in these proceedings, which is never a good thing. I mean, turning a trial into a circus always kind of, kind of distorts the verdict, but... Obviously, also kind of a misstep in that you're not supposed to do that, and it led to the prosecutor being removed. And the prosecution also just really relied on the witnesses, but then they were kind of hobbled when Corey Scott, who was the star witness, uh, went to the stand. On this day, apparently, Gallagher brought his whole family, like his wife, children, brother, and parents, into the courtroom for the first time. Um, the defense up to this point has been saying that the accusations from the other seals are an example of a mutiny and that they are just trying to get back at their platoon leader for being so tough to work for and so demanding. And like you said, kind of the spoiled millennial tropes that Gallagher has been repeating since then. Um, but then Scott, the star witness, who's the, who is the medic who was, he has medic training. He was the guy treating the, the teenager before Gallagher stabbed him. Uh, Scott ends up changing his story on the stand after asking the judge for immunity. Um, he had previously said in like six conversations with investigators that Gallagher had stabbed the kid multiple times, killing him. But on the stand in the trial, he says that Gallagher stabbed him once only, not multiple times, and then says that actually it was him who suffocated the prisoner by covering his air tube, which, again, contradicts all everything he said beforehand. Uh, and then when they ask him why he said all these things beforehand, but then said something different on the stand, he says he didn't want Gallagher to go to prison because he has a family. It was clear that there was some sort of fucking intimidation or, you know, some sort of Navy SEAL retaliation. You know, it's clear he did something behind the scenes, and it leads the prosecution to not call the rest of the witnesses and ice them out out of the fear that those witnesses had also been compromised. Which is extremely frustrating, but I almost understand it because any one of them could kind of could have kind of fucked up the case. Uh, I mean, it was already by that time. Uh, pretty uh, pretty bad, especially when you consider the jury is made up of people, uh, officers of Gallagher's rank or higher, who might be sympathetic to Gallagher. Yeah, honestly, I mean, there's a good case for the fact that that the people on the jury could honestly have exonerated him regardless of whatever came out from the witnesses. <laughs> like, they might just not have cared. I mean, who, who knows? But either way, in July, he is acquitted of stabbing, of the stabbing. He's acquitted of the shooting. He is only convicted of taking the photo afterwards, which is a more minor offense. Uh, he is sentenced to reduction in rank, and he's released from con confinement because he had already ser been serving time in the brig beforehand, before Trump intervened and got him sent to the So he got, center. like, time served? Yes. He, he was yeah he, was, he got like four months but he had already served that or something like that but um 
Either way, immediately he goes on Fox News. He has this very disturbing statement where he's he where the I guess the interviewer says, "What would you say to others, the other seals?" And he said, "Remember that you're part of a brotherhood," and all this kind of vaguely threatening shit. I would say to future uh, Navy SEALs, you know, um, loyalty is a uh, is a trait that seems to be lost. Um, I would say bring that back. Um, you're part of a brotherhood. Remember, you know, you're there to watch your brother's back. He's there to watch your back. Um, and just stay loyal. So then I guess once that happens, it's he, he considers it a huge victory, but he's not quite out of the woods yet. Well, he was pretty pissed because they, they were going to take away his trident, right? Yes. So so after he gets off, um, this guy, Rear, Rear Admiral Colin Green, who even before this had had he's someone who's concerned about the the bad press that the seals have been getting what with the publication of the seal team 6 um, stuff and then also with the aforementioned like issues with drug and alcohol abuse in and operating a full cocaine ring in one of the seal teams that was deployed so he actually had launched an investigation into the seals to try to find out like why you know what's going on here and try to clean up the culture of the seals and um i think he saw this exoneration as just like it's not good for what he's trying to do with the seals and he and tried to he wanted to demote gallagher but also take away his trident which is the thing that like i said they receive after basic underwater demolition school and um this is when trump gets involved so donald trump like as this process is going on, Timothy Parlator, uh, Gallagher's lawyer, goes on Fox News, and then literally like an hour later, uh, after you know Fox and Friends fucking airs, Trump tweets saying that they will not be taking his trident and that he is going to get involved. Like from the beginning of Trump's sort of political ambitions, uh, I mean, I like you look at the Central Park Five thing. He believed that these. Uh, these kids deserved to be executed. He has always been in favor of in, insanely harsh punishments for basically any person of color uh, or someone he views as his enemy. Um, why do you think the Gallagher case appealed to him so much? Well... Number one, Gallagher and his his media team of his you know attorney and brother and wife were all on Fox and Friends all the time. They knew exactly how to get to Donald Trump, which is to go on Fox and Friends, apparently the most important program in the nation at this point. And it's everything that he represents. It's like like you said, this double down kind of culture of you. It's good to do bad things to bad people. It's good to, as Gallagher would say, kill bad dudes and. Trump has always kind of represented this unapologetic racist conservatism and where other politicians would back away and try to find a reason that, you know, I'm just doing what's right to do what's right. You know, all those supposed never Trump people would shy away from this. Trump's brand is that he entirely embraces this. He embraces the kind of atavistic racism of his base and is very happy to cater to them. He is an activist on their behalf, which is why I think he's so popular amongst Republicans. So the actions Trump has taken since he watched that fateful Fox and Friends interview and fucking Gallagher's wife looks like such a psycho too. Like, I don't give a shit that like, oh, this it's so hard because my kids had to FaceTime him. It's like, he wasn't drafted. Like, no one forced him to fucking go. Exactly. So, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, that doesn't give you blanket license to, like, fucking commit <laughs> serial killings. Yeah, and then this issue with the Trident, it becomes so ridiculous because Gallagher was already planning on retiring, and he does retire. The issue was not... Like, he was already acquitted of all the crimes. He's been released from custody. All that, you know boohooing by Andrea is already over but 
the fight with Trump and uh, and Admiral Green was over whether or not he would get to retire with full honors and whether he get to keep his trident. Which it's literally just his reputation and his name, which is a big symbolic thing for them, of course. But like, there's no all that boohooing becomes ridiculous. Like it's really just about him keeping his good name at this point. It's literally all optics, honestly. No, him keeping his fucking like shiny pin. It's like a fucking baby. Well, that's another Trump thing. I mean, he, he's like, what, they're trying to take away his golden object? That's like the worst thing I could imagine happening to anyone. Exactly. So what comes next? So in addition to uh, announcing that he's going to, uh, he's going to end the process that Green had begun to take away uh, Gallagher's trident, he, he does actually full-on pardon two other people who are worth mentioning. This one guy, Special Forces Major Matthew Goldstein, was someone who literally admitted to killing a suspected bomb maker in a summary execution when he was not authorized to do so, which is illegal under international law. Um, he, did, he first admitted it in a job interview with the CIA in 2011, which led him being stripped of a Silver Star and his elite Special Forces tab. But then again, on 20... 20- in 2016, on where else? Fucking Fox News. He admitted it to Brett Baer, which led to the Army charging him with murder in December 2018. Uh, and his lawyer called this decision a case of quote political correctness. And so yes. Trump went ahead and pardoned him, and uh, he will he will not see any consequences for that. Uh, the second guy was First Lieutenant Clint Lawrence. Um, this guy, nine members of his own platoon, testified against him when he claimed that three men sped towards him in a motorcycle, uh, and then he ordered his sol- his troops to fire on this guy, the uh, on these people, the three men. Uh, his platoon testified that, in fact, the motorcycle was at least 200 yards away, like two full football fields oh, away. God. And and um, he- Just like, these people are such, like... It's always when the, they're they're far away, when they're like unarmed, when they're sedated. It's it, this is this is a trope here. Yeah, for all their chest like punching and all this or pounding and all this uh, you know braggadocious nature, they're at the end of the day killing like the most defenseless people. It's literally like an old man, a, a little girl with her friends, a little girl being held by a, a combatant as a human shield, uh, a guy like six hundred feet away from you on a motorcycle. All this fucking nonsense. Like they are such fucking pussies, to be honestly. But. Um, and either way, that, that guy, Clint Lawrence, was sentenced by a 10-member jury of military officers to 20 years in confinement at the U.S. Disciplinary Barracks in Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Uh, he was also dismissed from the armory and forced to forfeit all of his pay. Um, this is really crazy because basically the military had done its justice on him and he was in jail. And Trump just went and was like, no, pardoned. And I mean, Trump is, I guess nominally the commander-in-chief of the armed forces but this is kind of what something that's important to explain about the the gallagher case as well is that the navy and the military are really pissed off that trump is just kind of he i mean he's not one for norms that's definitely true but he is really kind of ignoring the normal path of military jurisprudence and just unilaterally overturning their decisions which i mean even though they, I think, would agree with Trump on a lot of his, you know, political views and a lot of his military tactics, they see this as like, don't step on our shoes. And like, it does kind of conflict with all the, you know, years. I love to had some generals. <laughs> yeah. No, it does conflict with years of, you know, under Obama and George W. Bush of presidents allowing the military to do their own thing for the most part. And I was just referencing how Trump generally just absolutely kisses the ass of every one with like a military uniform like he just he loves the generals and he always talks about how like they're sexier than tom cruise folks (laughs) and honestly they're better looking than tom cruise okay (laughs) yeah i remember that one the face is equal Maybe slightly better. But uh, so what else? Who else has Trump pardoned? I mean, this is fun to go down. We got Dinesh D'Souza, <laughs> the conservative activist. Trump pardoned him for some like fraud or something I can't remember the details of. He also pardoned Joe Arpaio, that insanely racist sheriff of Maricopa County in, in Arizona, who was operating like tent cities and concentration camps for tons of like undocumented immigrants that he would arrest. And um, 
like deprive of water and also just he would make the men wear pink clothes because he thought it shamed them. He's just just a sadist. Yeah, all while forcing them to be confined in an open air prison in um, you know Ar- the Arizona desert with like scorching temperatures. But uh, there's also this guy Michael Behenna who was an Army first lieutenant from Oklahoma. He was sentenced to 15 years in 2009 for killing a guy named Ali Mansur Mohammed, who is a suspected Al Qaeda operative who was stripped naked for questioning be- questioning before being shot. Um, and yeah, I mean, Trump has always, I think, in the like during the campaign trail and in just his general, you know, shit that he says on the internet, he's always bragged about being willing to use the pardon. Uh, conservatives frequently are like, "Oh, what if he blames all of the the RussiaGate stuff on Mike Pence, and then he just has to pardon Mike Pence, and it's all over, and then the libs' heads will explode?" Like he's frequently flexed about using this pardon power, and it's not surprising to see him do it for literal war criminals. And <laughs> when does Secretary of the Navy Richard Spencer get involved? So the Richard Spencer thing is really weird. He apparently was like like Trump wanted to fire him. Then Spencer eventually resigned um, after challenging Trump's ability to override military protocol. Um, but he was also supposedly on the side trying to strike a deal that would let Gallagher retire as a SEAL and keep his trident. It's kind of hard to see what's going on with him there, but he eventually did resign, citing the fact that Trump, you know, he's like, my commander-in-chief and I have divergent views on this, on how to handle this and all this shit, which is really crazy. And even apparently Rear Admiral uh, Colin Green was was thinking about resigning, which is like unheard of for a Navy Admiral to, to be resigning over something like this. Richard Spencer, uh, Navy guy, very unfortunately named. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not the like white supremacist, the 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 dapper white nationalist, as New York Times called him, I think once. But um, but yeah, and of course Trump does this via tweet. It's incredible. He also gave a press conference that day where he called Gallagher one of the ultimate fighters. Um, but yeah, it's also worth mentioning that the Navy had also begun the process of taking tridents from three other officers who were immediate superiors of Eddie, uh, who let him do those war crimes. Uh, the aforementioned Robert Bryce and Jacob Portier, uh, who were implicated in not promptly reporting the allegations against Gallagher. There's also this guy, Lieutenant Thomas McNeil, who posed in the trophy photo with the chief and the corpse of the young captive, but eventually actually ended up testifying against Gallagher. Um, but then changed his mind later on saying that it was, quote, criminal, ju- not criminal, just in poor taste. But yeah, eventually, I guess Gallagher just gets to retire from the Navy with full honors in, December, in November 2019. Uh, and since then, he has rebranded as an influencer. So this is the most macabre. It's a very modern sort of tactic that these right-wing figures can take if they can find their niche it is very easy to make a lot of money i mean apparently he's got a book in the works and i mean look this is this is very fucking easy crowd to get to give you money yeah it really doesn't take much um yeah, there was a so th- this broke, I think, in a New York Times article about how he had started selling, I guess, different brands that are a lot of them are like veteran owned and just general right. You probably see like a lot of Facebook ads for this sort of sort of shit, depending on uh, what you know, what circles you are, are in on Facebook. But um, it the article was kind of it's come under some criticism because although it is um, like wry, it does it's accurate in what it reports about him. The article also, I guess, um, sort of it's it's a little too even hand. I mean, the the New York Times is guilty of this all the time. They're it's just a little too even handed about this, and um, they kind of underplay how vicious the crimes that he's committed of were. Um, and I, I think this kind of shows like when when. The, when the conservative right starts to double down like this, you can't really. We also on the left need to double down, and uh, not in the same way, obviously, but we need to have more of a like vigorous reproach of of the war crimes of the right and the you know bloodlust of these kinds of individuals. 
Yeah, I remember when I was in Charleston, South Carolina this year, I took some pictures in a, and I think it might be the, the, I forgot the branding of the store, but I think it might be the chain that Gallagher is promoting. Um, some of the shirts include in the, uh, in the fashion of the Coke, like Coca-Cola logo, share around with ISIS, and it's like a bullet. Oh. Um, stomp my flag, I'll stomp your ass. Oh. Uh, VR patriotic American, uh, one that's just a flag and says, I stand for our national anthem. Oh. Um, this is the culture. Um, you can't have my country, you can't have my guns, and I don't want your handouts. Ugh. I don't know. Yeah, I guess just like when the New York Times report reports on a guy rebranding like this, it it's not good to downplay the significance of the fact that he is this uniquely terrible person who has become a hero for doing uniquely terrible things. Um, either way. So- it's also the classic though, like liberals sort of playing into the idea that, I, I don't know the way that story was written was very like, Ooh, would you look at that? It wasn't like con- it wasn't condemning it, like you said. I I think uh, I think it plays into the tropes that right wing people like that guide their whole fucking politics and and their their personas online that it's all just about doing anything to make liberals mad. No, absolutely. And of course, the New York Times would say that, well, we're an objective newspaper. We have to be objective, yada, yada, yada. But there's no way like someone who is supporting Eddie Gallagher would ever think that the New York Times was objective. (laughs) There's no way that that, that, that's winning them over with a conservative audience. I think that just because it comes from the New York Times, they're going to say like, oh, it's a liberal slant and all this stuff. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to challenge the editorial decisions of the new york times but i guess for the, those of us on the left who are not paid by one of the most profitable papers in the u.s to write stuff about the this person we need to be a little more vigorous and say like there's no i, I don't know it, like it's not like there's a margin of error here that we have to be worried about i mean it's pretty certain from the, the details once you read into him that he did all these things and we need to treat it like as such we need to recognize the dire circumstances that we're in where someone like this can become just like a viral hero and we say viral because i mean the way he's hawking a lot of these products we've mentioned is through his j- awful joint instagram account with his wife yeah, it's this sort of like East Coast uh, upscale lifestyle rugged brand family brand. It's it's so fucking irritating. There's these fucking stupid uh, vitamins and workout supplements that he's endorsed with names like Double Tap and Total War oh. that probably just you know shrink your testicles. Man, and speaking of the New York Times thing, like the first, the most recent post on their Instagram is a picture of Dave Phillips. The, uh, oh my God, this thing is laden with typos. He, Phillips is spelled with three P's on the end instead of two. Um, he, but yeah, it's a, t- a big post about how the New York Times is lying. It's promoting the Gallagher family response to the New York Times and Dave Phillips. They keep misspelling his name with three P's. I, it's very weird. But, um, but yeah, it's it, oh my god. Also, their captions are atrocious. Like tons of the explosion emojis. Like it says breaking and all this shit. But um, but yeah, it's they, very like it's very like Gen X Facebooker. Yeah, and it and the, another post that's like very indicative of what we're saying about the New York Times and the failure of objective reporting to really present any kind of challenge to someone like this is that he's promoting this nine line news, which the tagline for that is relentlessly patriotic. Uh, They're literally saying that he's partnered with the, that publication to, um, to like push his side of the story. Like there's no, hint of objectivity on the right wing it's really only the people who agree nominally at least with us on the left who are really trying to like 
uphold this this virtue of being objective. It's it's kind of silly, but but yes, you mentioned some of the the workout supplements that he is hawking called like Double Tap and Total War. The, some of these are just so comical. The Black Rifle Coffee Company, veteran owned and operated, specializes in roasting high quality small batch coffees. Like it's all this artisanal like hipster shit, which I think is so weird and funny. Yeah, just like lazily branded as like you know, Call of Duty coffee. There's one this, that he's a brand that he's endorsing called Project Warpath, which makes a insanely funny bumper sticker that says Hillary killed my friends. Like, I guess that's a reference to Benghazi. <laughs> can you imagine just seeing one of those out in the wild? Oh, man. But yeah, you can. There's uh, Nine Line Apparel, which makes Salty Frog gear, which is one of his uh, one of the brands that has all these like terrible t-shirts uh the founder tyler merritt said as someone who served with eddie and other members of seal team seven downrange i know the truth about the character of a man unjustly targeted by a broken investigation and corrupt prosecution nike has their first amendment right to make individuals such as colin kaepernick their brand ambassadors we have the right to make patriots like chief gallagher one of ours Colin Kaepernick takes a knee to protest black people being murdered by the police. Uh, definitely morally equal to serial killer Eddie Gallagher. Yeah, you missed uh, when uh, when when Colin Kaepernick like knifed Bill Ch- Belichick in the throat like multiple times. <laughs> Can I just say some other choice uh, products? Some shirts uh, that say "waterboarding instructor." Ugh. One shirt mocking Navy SEALs who testified against him as mean girls. A hoodie with a front pocket beer bottle holder. Oh, and a mug saying, I love when I wake up in the morning and Donald Trump is president. So, so corny. And also like, so there's another one. It's called, it's this brand, We Kill Bad Dudes. And it's all just... There's no way to overstate how overpriced all this bullshit is. Like a, a a t-shirt that says kill bad dudes on it, $35. Um, a gold crew neck that says kill bad dudes, $95. Like this is making the big baller brand look like, you know, really, I guess, economically priced. But there's a pair of socks on here for $15. It's, it's such Maybe a Maybe he's right, money. though, because if you're a pay pig for Eddie Gallagher, why make the prices low? Like, there's no yep. there's no reason for Gallagher not to just, uh, you know, s- s- just get the pigs to pay him whatever, they, whatever they'll pay him. No, it totally is a complete grift. I mean, and, and these the people who support him are usually honestly like deep more deep pocketed than not on because like as we described beforehand that website the free eddie gallagher site raised almost like four hundred thousand dollars and they weren't even promising anything back they were just like donate to this hero and people were like absolutely and you also saw that what the that ridiculous gofundme for trump's border wall that ended up raising literally millions of dollars like these the the forces that they're appealing to are people who have the money this the disposable income to throw away on this kind of nonsense and important to note uh vanity fair had a story saying uh trump wants to take his war criminal buddies on the campaign trail the president is said to be considering making eddie gallagher a fixture of the republican convention so this might be the first time you are hearing about eddie gallagher but i guarantee you it won't be the last um when the RNC happens, Trump will bring this grotesque hog to tie it back into our show. This You'll know that you live on the fucking hog planet, and you'll remember fucking... I don't know. I don't know how you can look at this guy's face. I've watched a bunch of these like Fox and Friends interviews, and I look at his face, and it, 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 it's indistinguishable from like how I would look at like Charles Manson. Yeah, no, he is as murderous as like any famous, you know, true crime serial killer or whatever. But uh but yeah, Trump will be bringing him on the campaign trail. He'll also be bringing his fellow hogs Clint Lawrence and Matthew Goldstein, those other war criminals that he pardoned this year. A real uh, with suicide him. squad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it it's going to be so bleak, but it goes to show that like 
in, you know, obviously the liberal response to this is like, how can he do this? Uh, how you dare know, you, sir? How dare you, sir? Why would he, why would you want to bring war criminals around with you? But the Trumpian response is, I absolutely would love to bring war criminals around with me. Like these are the guys who do what needs to be done. These are the guys who are killing people who are not, who are trying to threaten you. And I think that that's also, this is also uh, something that's important to consider as we live in the aftermath of the U.S.'s murder of, or the assassination of uh, Qasem Soleimani, that the commander of the of the Quds Force in Iran. Uh, th- everything around that has been this guy killed so many Americans, and the, that argument of, of that um, Soleimani killed hundreds of Americans is basically derived from the fact that Iran does send like. Military support to to like you know Syria and like all these other countries and um, that that is he is somehow indirectly I guess responsible for all these deaths. It's not like he did it directly, but so of course if you apply that logic to the U.S., then we should be blowing you know they should all be blowing up like Raytheon because Raytheon has led to like hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of deaths in the Middle East for in the past like decades alone. But either way, like. The argument has been, this is a bad dude. Why would you be upset at us for killing a bad dude? Like, we're trying to keep you safe. And there are plenty of of raving lunatics, like conservative weirdos, who take that at face value, see this as something that that their president is doing for them, and it leads them to support him more. I mean, Trump really is like an activist president for the right wing. And on the left, we're not used to having any kind of activist president. I mean, they say they said Obama was like an activist president for the left, but he spent his whole time trying to compromise with the right. I mean, we don't have any broke. He broke with his activist support the second he got elected. A hundred percent. I mean, if if imagine if like um like if Trump had a pat not that Trump goes to church if if Trump had any kind of analog he's not a religious man but if he had any kind of analog to Reverend Wright the guy who who was a pastor at Obama's church who said all that you know very inflammatory stuff and the goddamn America speech if he had any kind of what like a super racist pastor or a guy who said that like bombing the Middle East is part of a holy war that we must do he would never have shied away from that guy he would have no, embraced that guy totally like bring him out yes he would bring him on the campaign trail alongside the other war criminals that he's you know palling around with so I think just the fact that Gallagher killed brown people in the Middle East makes him a hero to many Americans sadly um, what do you think what makes Eddie Gallagher such a fucking hog as we weigh tag and grade him here honestly the thing that gets me so angry about him is the his how unrepentant repentant he is and also how much license he has to be unrepentant he gets to turn this into his brand it's going to endlessly financially benefit him and he has the support of the highest office in the land even you know Trump overriding military protocol to or the decisions of higher ups in the military to make sure that nothing bad happens to his special boy. Like he is he is such a spoiled child. And also, I mean, as we described earlier, kind of a coward. I mean, he literally his main crime was killing a defenseless teenager, killing an old man, killing a young girl, killing defenseless civilians. Like he is the ultimate kind of like throwing stones and then hiding his hands kind of piece of shit. And even though he is this decorated like war guy, this war fighter or whatever, he like he just strikes me as such a bitch. Like I hate to say it like in such crass terms, but when I like see him and his like shit eating face and his like like limpid blue eyes, it looks like he's about to cry all the time because he is unstable, as we mentioned before. He was he is on this cocktail of drugs and he does have, you know, night terrors and all this PTSD. And it's just like he he's just so indicative of this like if i had to invent a straw man of the conservative right it would be this guy cuz he's just he is indicative of all these shitty tendencies on the right towards being like at once this insane strong man and then as soon as anyone criticizes him he's like oh i'm the victim here everyone's against me all this other bullshit but as soon as you know he gets to be cast in the light of strength. He turns around and is like, Oh, I was actually the only person who did what needed to be done. And I'm the tough guy here. It's just, it's like the shittiest thing playing both hands that gets me so angry. And 
Ugh, yeah, I can't I just get really over the fact guy. that he that he's pu- pushing a shirt mocking the other Navy SEALs as mean girls. Like, what a fucking baby! What a what a fucking just little uh, what a fucking like pathetic bitch. I'm so- yeah, he's just like, he's just a fucking wimp at the end of the day. Behind all of his like val his military valor or whatever, you just see this like genuinely like cowardly bully. And I think that does it. Anything else, Sam? Nah, just you know, man, fuck Eddie Gallagher. Hog Planet will be back next week. We will be doing these weekly. Maybe we'll set up a Patreon for bonus episodes if, uh, you know, if it feels right. Absolutely. And we'll have some detailed show notes for all of our sources on this for sure. And uh, follow the show on Twitter at HogPlanet. And follow me at Spaventacular. S-P-A-V-E-N-T-A-C-U-L-A-R. Yep. And you can follow me on Twitter at W-A-G-S-T-A-N-K, Wagstank. This is Hog Planet.